You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. All right, welcome back to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. This episode, we are talking about Purdue's trademarks and licensing. And with me today is the manager of trademarks and licensing, Erica Austin from Purdue. Erica, how are you doing? Great. How are you? Thank you for having me on. I'm terrific. Hey, it's a Monday as we're recording this, a Monday after a Purdue win on a big uh, big weekend up there in West Lafayette, so nothing to complain about here. That's right. It's, <laughs> Mondays are always great after a big win. Right. Hey, so uh, as we kind of get introdu- uh, started on the whole uh, how trademarks and licensing works up there, kind of tell me about you. What's your uh, role up there at Purdue, and, and what does that all entail? Sure. So as the manager of trademarks and licensing at Purdue, my responsibilities include what we call the three P's. Of course, because it's Purdue, we got to say it's three P's. Right. So <laughs> the three P's of licensing and trademarks at Purdue is we want to make sure that we are promoting the brand, publicizing the brand, and then um, profiting off of the brand. Okay. And um, really for us right now, our emphasis is really getting the brand out there. Um, we want to get the Purdue brand out in the Indianapolis market where we've often find ourselves fighting shelf space for some of the other Indiana schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have found that we have quite a few alums in the Indianapolis area. So right now we are working really hard to make sure that we are placing Purdue product uh, in the Indianapolis market and servicing our fans and alums that are in that market as well. Um, but that's basically what um, my, my role is here. I'm, I'm really working hard to promote the Purdue brand get the Purdue brand out there and get it visible, Um, and then making sure we have merchandise that fits Mm -hmm. all of our alums and fans' needs in the key retail areas that they go to shop at. I'm glad you mentioned that, too. And we're going to go a little off script here, but, you know, as I go to stores, and I won't name them here on the podcast, but I go in there and I see other schools, and we won't name them either, but I don't see Purdue on the shelves, and it's sometimes frustrating. I'm like, we're only an hour away. What goes into that to make sure that doesn't happen or that so there is Purdue shirts, hats, jackets, whatever, out on shelves at certain retail stores? Yeah, it really is a a formula that the buyers of the retailers um, conduct to figure out if there's a need or a want for Purdue merchandise in that retail location. So if they place Purdue product in there as a test, and unfortunately none of our fans go there to purchase it, and it ends up making it on the clearance rack, then that's not a very good win for that retailer. Okay. And they'll be a little bit more skeptical about placing pretty product there in the future. So it really does depend on the consumers and our fans um, to get that product in there. Mm-hmm. And I would say if there's any fans that want product at a particular retail location that they go in and they see other Indiana schools there, um, then they should talk to the manager and, and voice their opinion and say, hey, Purdue Boilermakers are down here too. <laughs> we want that product there as well. Um, but again, it is it is based on the retailer's buying structure okay. and formula, and um, really on demand based on if the product will sell in there or not. Gotcha. Okay. So, and you talked about like getting the Purdue brand out there. I know one big way you guys do that is social media. Is that your biggest platform, or if not, what else do you guys use out there to get the Purdue brand uh, recognized? Well, our favorite uh, brand ambassadors, if you will, is our fans. Anytime that they're walking around with pretty mm-hmm. marks on, that that's just a walking billboard for us. And um, it really helps with getting the brand out there. 
Um, the other day I was on a plane and I was getting off the plane and someone asked me if, if my Purdue sweatshirt was for Purdue chicken. Um, and I was like, no, not actually. <laughs> so we still have some work to do. Right. <laughs> so people aren't confusing us with other, other brands. It's not even spelled um, the same. <laughs> but, yeah, but really, you know, we, we really rely on our fans. And then as you would imagine, athletics has a key role in sure. getting our brand out there. The more TV exposure we can have our athletic programs on, um, the more that does for our, our brand exposure. And then our corporate partners, um, you know, Coke, they do a great job with Purdue Mark. So when you walk into a Meyer, you see the, the Purdue um, point of sale of the, of the Coke cans. Mm. You know, that helps get the brand out there more. Um, and then most importantly, our alums. Our, our, we have great alums, and they are all over the United States. And so I think the more that we can work with our alums to get our brand out in their areas, and getting them to rep Purdue a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, I think that helps with establishing our brand. You guys also, through social media, do the free hat giveaway on Wednesdays. Is that another way to get that out there, to get people excited where they can possibly you know, win a free hat and then they're in turn are doing what you say, wearing that out in public, and also just get people more engaged? Yeah, so our Free Hat Wednesday program really came about (laughs) kind of twofold. One, it came about because we were receiving a lot of product samples Mm -hmm. from our licensees, and it was overtaking our closets. (laughs) And so (laughs) we had to figure out a way to um, make better use of the product than it just sitting in a closet. And so we talked to the licensees uh, of those that made the hats Mm -hmm. and asked if they would be okay if we did a Free Hat Wednesday. And they were very excited about it. So it does give us a chance to get the brand out there. It gives us a chance to engage with our fans and hopefully increase our followers on social media. Um, And then once they win the product, uh, they wear it. And then if they don't win the product, they at least search for uh, the Purdue Teen Store and maybe purchase it as well. So it's, it's just our way of giving back to the community for supporting Purdue and um, helping with maybe getting them to wear more Purdue product. Right. And then, so you guys oversee the Purdue store as well then? The Purdue team store is is out of our department, but it's also in uh, combination with several areas on campus. So because the Purdue team store has a location in the football stadium, Ross-Aid Stadium, um, and they also, um, it's operated by Maingate, and so they yeah. also run all of the concession stands, merchandise stands at all athletic events. Um, and then there's a store in the union. Um, and then they run our online store as well. So there's three avenues that, that the Purdue team store oh. operates under. Okay. And um, we work together with the athletic staff and with the union staff to help promote those locations. Gotcha. So how does that work then with like, say, Follett's or University Bookstore and when they're selling t-shirts or hats or whatever, as far as licensing, they have to get permission from you guys to sell those. And can you kind of explain how that works? Yeah. So the one thing about Purdue that I don't think many people know is that Purdue does not have an official bookstore like many other campuses around the United States. Um, And because we don't have an official bookstore, we have several retail locations on campus. Um, so Follett has two locations on campus. University Bookstore has two locations on campus. Um, and then we have the Purdue Team Store with two locations. We have a Discount Den 
And then coming soon is Target, which will be okay. carrying products. And all those locations are on campus. Gotcha. Um, they are all considered retailers. And um, they all, as a retailer, can carry official licensed product that they purchase from a Purdue licensee. Okay. Um, the Purdue Team Store is our official store, our, our official online store, and our official merchandise store. Um, but we do have those other retail locations on campus that carry Purdue product as well. Okay. So how does it work? And sorry if I'm putting you on the spot here. How does it work, say, no, a certain, I don't know, podcast in Indianapolis that bears a Purdue name wants a, a T-shirt that says, you know, let's say, I don't know, full steam ahead on it. Wh- what would they have to do to, you know, get Purdue's permission? Or is that even something that Purdue does? How, how would that work? To be right to be approved by Purdue. Right. So the only time that someone needs to seek permission to use Purdue trademarks is when they are using Purdue trademarks. Okay. And some of our most popular Purdue trademarks are Boiler Up, mm-hmm. Hail Purdue, Boiler Makers, um, Boiler Up, Hammer Down. Um, so if you were wanting to produce a shirt with those marks on it, uh, even with the Motion P or the Boiler Maker Special. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you want to either give them away or sell them, um, if you are making the shirt, you would have to be an official approved licensee of Purdue. Okay. And you would have to obtain a license agreement from our licensing agency, which is the collegiate licensing company. So typically the way that it works, Purdue licensing has about 150 retail licensees. And some of them you're very familiar with, um, Nike, Mm -hmm. Top of the World, Champion. um, Those are some of our top licensees. They produce merchandise with Purdue marks on it, and they are part of our family of approved Purdue licensees. They send me the artwork, and I have to approve all artwork on the product before it goes to retail. Uh, Once it's approved, then those licensees have buyers that they contact the retailers. So Nike will create a T-shirt that might say Boiler Up on it. Mm-hmm. I'll approve it. Nike will then contact through its reps, the reps for the Purdue team store, and then those two will come to an agreement on what they want to purchase and what they want to sell in their store. So that's how product is actually placed at retail. That's cool. Thank you for breaking that down. I was curious how that works because I, I assume there's got to be these procedures and policies in place so John Q. Citizen doesn't just start printing his own Purdue shirts or whatever school or whatever to just start making a bunch of money off of something that's not a official product, right? Yes, and it's very important that our fans understand that that by by purchasing officially licensed product, you're actually supporting the General Scholarship mm-hmm. Fund of Purdue University because all of the royalties from that product comes back to the university and it is placed into a general scholarship fund for our general students to then be able to benefit from resources from that scholarship fund. So that's why it's important for fans to purchase product that is officially licensed um, and not from someone that might be making a shirt out of the basement of their house. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, we, can't, um, we can't guarantee the quality of the product that someone might buy if it's unlicensed. Right. And when you go to wash it, it might not make it through one or two cycles right. of the wash. <laughs> and so um, to guarantee a great customer buying experience, we really encourage our fans to purchase licensed product 
and all of our licensees as well have to be a member of the Fair Labor Association. So we're making sure that we're following great corporate responsibility mm -hmm. and making sure that uh, product is being manufactured in plants that aren't deemed as sweatshops. That's awesome. Thank you for explaining that. Um, moving on to some more uh, fun stuff here. The summer campus, social media, and probably your office was a buzz when uh, the latest season of Stranger Things came out, when a uh, Purdue t-shirt appeared, I think, in episode two or three or something like that. Um, your reaction, and did you guys know that was going to be in that ahead of time, or were you guys all caught off guard when people started? We were caught off guard, but it was great. I mean, yeah. talk about brand exposure. Right. <laughs> we didn't have to pay for that one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we were, we were caught off guard. I think that happened around the 4th of July weekend, yep. and... Unfortunately, I don't watch Stranger Things, so I didn't know that it was happening, but uh, my phone sure did light up. And, <laughs> uh, I, was, I was immediately told that it was on there, and yeah. so my first reaction was like, oh my gosh, how did they do that? And then it was, well, where did they get the product? Right. Um, when, they, when they showed me the picture of it, I was like, wait a minute, that's not an officially licensed product. So where did that come from? Um, and then I quickly turned back to, oh, how cool is this? Like, we've yeah. got to recreate that shirt. Um, so I went through a range of emotions yeah. <laughs> that day. But, you know, I, I, we are all just very excited that Netflix and Stranger Things uh, thought enough of Purdue to have our brand present in the right. show. And um, that was a great brand exposure for us that we weren't accounting for. That's awesome. And so, I, like you said, since it wasn't official, I assume that shirt's not in the archives anywhere. We go back, you you recreate it, or you kind of originally create it almost in a sense, right? Yes. Yeah, so after we started getting public demand for the shirt, <laughs> I sent out a letter to all of our licensees and just said, you know, who can help us? Yeah. Who can recreate the shirt? We <laughs> knew it was going to have to be completely recreated because of the style of the shirt the material, uh, the lines, the cut, the color. Um, you know, we don't have many blue Purdue shirts running around. Right. So <laughs> we knew that it, it, it was going to have to be a complete cut and sew. Um, and we had two licensees that stepped up and said, we think we can recreate it. Um, and we finally, um, this is kind of breaking news for you. All right. But um, <laughs> we, we finally agreed on the vendor that can produce it for us. So I would tell all your listeners to stay tuned the week of, um, I believe it's September 16th. Um, we will probably be making an announcement nice. to where fans can pre-order that shirt and then probably uh, towards the end of September, it'll actually be live in retail locations on campus. So we, we're so excited that we finally are able to get that to our fans. We had fans calling us saying that they wanted it for Halloween because they want to wear it as a Halloween right. costume. Right. That's, so, that's awesome. Um, we're so excited. We can't wait to be able to give it to our fans. And um, so stay tuned. It will be coming very, very soon to a retail location near you. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's a great teaser. Hey, thanks for sharing that first on the podcast. I appreciate that. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> that's great. And then some more news you guys made recently, too. I think uh, back in August, I saw this really cool story uh, in the Journal and Courier up there in Lafayette about the uh, 10-year-old boy uh, in Georgia who had grown really attached to this pair of shorts and then eventually outgrew them. Um, but his 
can you kind of explain that? Kind of walk us through that story because I don't want to mess it up. But as much as you can remember yeah. or share, uh, I think as Malcolm is his name, and uh, yeah. was, I love these shorts, and you guys were able to help because it wasn't a short that exists anymore. You guys were help, able to uh, kind of recreate it. Can you tell uh, share that story with us? Yes, Malcolm, very sweet little mm-hmm. boy. So this all came about through actually the Stranger Things um, article. Okay. Um, so the Journal and Colonel did a um, story on Stranger Things and us trying to recreate that. And Malcolm's mom reached out to the reporter and said, you know, can you connect me with Erica at Purdue to see if she could maybe help me with these shorts? And so the reporter passed along Mrs. Smith's information, and um, I wasn't sure what we could do because, one, again, the, the shorts that, that Malcolm was wearing, um, they were they're an older brand, a discontinued brand. Uh, the logos that were on it were discontinued. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't sure what we could do, but I thought all I could do was ask. Yeah. And so I sent an email again out to all of our licensees, and we really do have a great group of licensees that are always willing to help and support the Boilermaker community. And um, we had several that said, you know, unfortunately we can't recreate the shorts, but we still want to get Malcolm some Purdue product. Um, and then we had Boathouse who stepped up and said, oh, we can definitely recreate those uh, awesome. for Mrs. Smith and Malcolm. So I sent Mrs. Smith um Boathouse's information, and the two of them continued conversations, and uh, Boathouse was able to recreate those shorts for him and even give him some special enhancements to them, like pockets in them. I don't think his original pair had pockets. Um, They wanted to make sure the fabric was perfect Mm -hmm. so there wouldn't be any sensory um, issues with Malcolm um, and that he would be comfortable in them. And they even gave him an extra pair so that um, if they were doing laundry, he still wouldn't be without a pair, or if he outgrew them, he had another pair. Um, so it was just a beautiful story and, and kindness of heart of our licensees. And I'm so thankful that the reporter passed along that information and, and even greater thankful that our licensees stepped up and, and were able to help Malcolm out. So it was a, it was a really neat story and, and made my day. Yeah, I think it's awesome. And like you said, I think too, like even a, under the next size up or something like that too. So when he grows out of these, he's still got the next pair ready for him as well. So, man, that's incredible. And just the power of, you know, the media and and Purdue and people working together to you know help people, especially this special little guy like you mentioned. What a what a cool story. I uh, love the pictures of him with his socks and his new shorts in the uh, that the Journal and Courier had. It's really cool. Yeah, you know, we had the same situation with Tyler Trent. Um, after Tyler's story went public from the Ohio State game, I had so many of my licensees reach out and said they just wanted to make him comfortable and comfortable in Purdue products. Mm-hmm. So I had some licensees um, donate blankets, pillows. I had one licensee decorate a whole comforter set for his bedroom because oh, wow. I knew he was going to be in bed a lot. Yep. Um, shirts, hats, socks. Um, so it's just, we just have a really good group of generous licensees, and I'm so thankful to work with each of them each day. And I know as a, a friend of the Trent family, they're extremely grateful for that, the way Purdue had, had treated Tyler all the way through his, his courageous battle. That's it's incredible to see what Purdue has done to, to come around him and all that, yeah, like you said, the stuff for him, but also just like 
the opportunity for uh, supporters of both Purdue and Tyler uh, to be able to buy product as well. I know I have uh, one of the uh, Purdue shirts uh, that uh, bears Tyler's name on it too. So what a cool story there as well. Yeah, I would say that's probably my most rewarding work mm-hmm. to date is working with the Trent family mm-hmm. on all of the licensed product that um, they wanted done and that we wanted to support them in their efforts of generating funds for not only the Purdue Center for Cancer Research and, and Tyler's endowment mm-hmm. there, but for his foundation that his family was starting and the Jimmy V Foundation. And I'm so grateful that I had that opportunity to work with the Trents on, on the bobblehead and the T-shirts and uh, some of the other products that, that we did together. Um, and, and I'm just thankful that they allowed me to be a small part of his journey. That's awesome. And Erica, thank you guys for, for doing that. And I also noticed, too, speaking of, of Tyler, and the, I noticed uh, the Hammer Down Cancer T-shirt hat combo I think you guys were promoting last week ahead of the game. I went to click on that link today and – it looks like it might even be sold out. Is that something you can confirm? And if so, are you guys, do you know if you'll be getting more? Yes, we did sell out of it at the, at the game. I think this is the first year of us doing the hammer down cancer t-shirt and hat that we've actually sold out, Hmm. um, which is great. Um, We have already started discussions about reprinting that shirt. Um, The shirt, although it was done for the football game, we really use that shirt for all the athletic programs that have a hammer down yeah. cancer game. Um, so with some of our other sports having some hammer down cancer games coming up, we want to make sure that that product is back out there for our fans. And a portion of the the proceeds and the royalties from that product does benefit the Purdue Cancer, uh, the Purdue Center of Cancer Research here at Purdue. So we want to make sure that that opportunity is out there right. for the fans. To make that purchase so that they're contributing to the endowment as well. That's incredible. Awesome. Awesome stuff there, Erica. Uh, anything else that you want to talk about or mention to our listeners uh, as we're wrapping up? No, the only thing I would say is that, you know, I've been here at Purdue for three years now, um, and I'm still learning a lot about <laughs> the Boilermaker community. And I would say, you know, if any of your listeners, um, can help us with letting us know what brands they like, what product they like, what product they don't like. Um, We would love to hear those suggestions because that just helps us make sure that we are servicing them and their their purchasing needs. So um, even if they see a product at another school Mm -hmm. and they like the product a lot, you know, feel free to send it along, send it to me, and we'll see what we can do to make sure that we have the type of product that, that we want for our consumers and for our fans, um, especially in the women's apparel, that's one area that we're okay. really trying to, to grow and increase. So I would love any suggestions. That's, I'm open to them. That's awesome that you guys are willing to, to take all that in. Uh, if people are interested in doing that, can you tell us the website where they'll be able to find your contact information, please? Yes. So you can email me directly, and my email address is e l. A-U-S-T-I-N, so it's E-L-Austin at Purdue.edu. We also have a trademarks and licensing website, so if you go to the Purdue trademarks and licensing page, um, you can send in information there as well. Awesome. And, of course, you should follow them at on Twitter at Rep Purdue, so that's at R-E-P-P 
P-U-R-D-U-E. Again, we mentioned earlier they do the, the free hat giveaway on Wednesdays and um, just a lot of fun stuff to follow them on Twitter as well. Yeah, we do at least four or five giveaways a month. So follow along and good luck and I yeah. hope you win. <laughs> but please follow us and um, we have some exciting promotions coming up soon. That's awesome. Hey, Erica, thank you so much for your time and uh, joining the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. All right, boiler up. Boiler up. A reminder, you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod. You can also listen, like, rate, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Thanks again for listening to Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.